0: Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download
1: the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning.
0: You're listening to Mile High Insiders with Nick Kendall and Luke Patterson. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Now, it's time to find out what's going on behind the walls of UC Health Training Center.
1: And it is time for an episode of Mile High Insiders. I am Nick Kendall, joined by Luke Patterson as always. Luke, how are you doing? I know you said it's been a long day for you so far. Hopefully the weather's been nice at least.
0: Yeah, man. That's that's why it's been a long day for me. I haven't got to enjoy any of it. I've been working, trying to catch up a little bit on some things. And as you know, it's our busy time of the year here at MHH and around the NFL. So I'm pumped to be on the stream. We've got a ton of news to get to, including some Broncos ownership, obviously topic of the show And then we've got a ton of Russell Wilson stuff we can get into. Little Nuggets, Little Rockies. Cool to have the King of Denver in the house. And obviously, uh, you know, thoughts and prayers with Dwayne Haskins and the the tragedy that um, we were, I guess, shocked with early in the day. So we're going to get to all of that. And if you have a favorite memory of Dwayne Haskins or an Ohio State memory with him or NFL, something you'd like to say or send your well wishes, we'll take that too.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Kathy coming in saying, Wow, I just heard the news about Dwayne Haskins, very sad, and Mark saying, Yes, it is. So apparently he had car troubles and got out of his car and was hit and killed by a garbage truck. I guess is, is my understanding. Okay, I didn't
0: I didn't know that he had car troubles. That's a that's a new detail that I don't feel like a lot of people may have
1: realized. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of times you hear athletes getting in car accidents, you know, alcohol or substance involved right now. It sounds like he was out of his car because of something. And then uh, as a bystander uh, was knocked out. So obviously there was the Adam Schefter tweet and the Gil Brandt stuff, but we're going to yep. skirt around that because it's, you know, a young man lost his life. And obviously was first round pick didn't live up to that first round status, but still a human being only 24 years old and still figuring it out. God, I feel like, thank God, people didn't judge me based on what I was at 24 years old. Otherwise I, I wouldn't have a, amounted to much or you know that what i'm what i am is not what i was at 24 so
0: well and regardless kind of like we were talking about before the show kicked off regardless of how you feel about it you just want to pay respect and and pay tribute if you can and you know i don't really have a Dwayne haskins story i think the only Dwayne haskins story that i have would have been at the local pro day the year he was drafted i was down there at the broncos facility at uc health training center um and that's actually where they got austin fort um they also got a linebacker from csu for a little bit there watson josh watson Mm -hmm. and that day dwayne haskins was visiting the denver broncos he showed up wearing a john elway jersey uh Mm -hmm. if you remember so broncos country i think certainly had some love at the possibility of getting dwayne haskins in but yeah definitely tragic news and not something you ever want to hear and i know at least on social media today it's been nice to see some of the highlights of people trying to get together and uplift one another, so to
1: speak. Yeah, people talking about his energy, his big smile, his heart, uh, how playful he was, and it's a tragedy. I mean, 24 years old, it it sucks, so wanted to get that out of the way. Obviously, same draft class as Drew Locke came in. was one of the guys they considered about there and really a big player for kind of the kicking off of – Ohio State football with what it is right now under Ryan Day and moving out of the Urban Meyer era. Uh, what he did, putting up prolific numbers there for Ohio State, opening up the, I guess the floodgates for guys like Justin Fields and now C.J. Stroud as well. We'll see how Fields and Stroud do in the league and everything, but keeping the Big Ten uh, in the eye. Obviously, not competing every single week with the SEC, but Ohio State's a premier program, and Dwayne Haskins always going to be. I mean immortal because of what he did for his short time there at uh, ohio state i mean right there up for the heisman of that year so andrew Lampy coming in saying hello hope all is well with everybody rest in peace haskins doing pretty well uh today actually turned out to be a pretty nice day they said kept saying weather thunderstorms blah 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 which we don't really get out here in seattle tomorrow's weather though is supposed to be crazy high winds thunder snow and uh mm. lord only knows so uh, i'm gonna stay in tomorrow probably actually going to work but uh today was nice
0: yeah man it was it was a beautiful day here in the mile high city again i'm ashamed to say i didn't get to enjoy any of it but i guess that means there's snow on the way so that tends to be the case here when you get beautiful days all together you know something's coming probably a rain snow mixture so yeah broncos country share your outdoor picks it's cool to see broncos country repping orange in the mountains i'll absolutely mm-hmm. love it orange is not just for hunters ladies and gentlemen uh my am hunter as well but it's cool to see so much bronco orange wherever you go and ashton is weighing in ashton was in the stream before the show even started so i want to say thank you for uh for following mhi and rocking with us on your saturday night yo Thank goodness. Oh, let's bring it back. Yo, thank goodness it's the weekend and the weather is starting to chill out in the 60s and 70s. Absolutely. And Nick, it feels like football weather. And I think that's what Ashton's getting at, too. The draft is right around the corner, just weeks away now. And a developing story is starting to hit. We're going to get to that here in just a second. I want to say hi to a couple more folks. Randy's in the stream tonight. What's up, Randy? Thank you for watching MHI. Our friend Jay. Jay's also in here as well, weighing in on what he thinks should happen with new ownership and a stadium. Because Nick, as you know, with Mm -hmm. a new owner is probably going to come a lot more in a lot more changes for the better upgrades, improvements, improvements, First things first, it's probably going to be the stadium. So uh, Duke Rose is coming in here saying I wouldn't mind a new stadium either. There's tons of speculation whether or not that stadium would be built towards Denver International Airport, where there's a lot of land and developments going on right now, or if they would try to do something downtown. I think it would probably be a little bit closer to the airport, just based off Mm -hmm. of rumors and my own opinion. It's not that I want to drive out east by any means, but that's just where I think you could actually start turning East Denver metro area into a Broncos hub.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, maybe Mike Cluss keeps hinting about it, right? Bronco land, Bronco mania, Bronco world, whatever you heck you want to call it. But uh, definitely there's some room for expansion there. I'm not a local like you, but driving through Denver a few times, being around out there about once a year growing up, um, definitely some area to grow. And you know that stadium for as nice as, as it is right now, what they built it 20, 30 years ago now, 20 years ago, uh, probably probably, something you could consider a new one. I know that there's a lot of feelings about that with the general public, you know, paying for the stadiums when those conglomerates are going to be making money hand over fist, but a uh, new stadium definitely, I think is possible. With the new owner, I'm hoping for new uniforms first though. I'm ready for the kind of more of a retro, a, t- a- Better take on the old school. I like it. All right. I like
0: it. Call your shot. Nick Kendall. I love it, man. That's you want to bring something back. Let's let's start completely new. And that's how we would do with a new uniform. I love it. Paul's in the house as well. Paul, 800 to 26. What's up, Luke and Nick. Hello. What's up to the chat. How's everybody doing tonight? Everybody's doing great because Russell Wilson's here. And Mm. with that, I would say you're going to get a lot less resistance for people wanting a new stadium. Maybe the taxpayers here in Denver feel a lot differently than they did a month ago uh, before Russell Wilson was here, or we might be on that one-month cusp. I'm not sure. But either way, Mike S., one of our Alabama guys weighing in, think the Broncos should get a new stadium. And that damage, man, that damage is tough from the fire, right? Not yeah. just a couple of weeks ago that that happened and a lot of damage, a lot of concern as to whether or not the time frame of those seat replacements. And a lot of times people don't realize it's not actually the fire damage that's the main concern. Having worked in the fire department and have a family in the fire department growing up in it, it's the water damage, folks. That water's got to go somewhere and that water mm. is definitely damaged. Uh, a ton of the stadium. So we're going to have to see because you know that when those talks are happening and they are, they start doing cost benefit analysis, right? Cost risk analysis. Mm -hmm. Well, they might be looking at what a a new stadium would cost just for giggles. Um, If you're at least George Payton, you got to be curious. So I'm not saying that's his goal. He's a GM, but he's curious and I'm sure he'd kick around the idea.
1: Honestly, Luke, that is it's so interesting, the water damage. I never even thought about that before. That makes total sense because it's got to go somewhere, like you know, it's the medicine versus the uh, the disease sometimes. Yeah, but that is uh, that's an insane that's a great point. because uh, it's got to go somewhere, it's going to accumulate it's in there, it's going to salvage and overhaul,
0: man. Yeah, yeah it's God, terrible. <laughs>
1: it, uh, man, uh, Peter Milton, hi, all. How you doing? Malcolm <laughs> Brown's in the house. Hello from Homer. We got Greg Smith in the house. Hello, yeah, good evening, Broncos country. Ooh, Greg now, walking got- the
0: keep to leave jersey. I think I saw that. 21, looking good, Greg.
1: Oh, that's Ronnie Hillman. No, I'm just kidding. It's okay. Tom. Tom coming in here saying, uh, what's up, guys? What do you think about Troy Anderson at pick 64? So Troy Anderson, linebacker, quarterback, running back? I don't know. From Montana State, obviously played there before. Great athlete. Uh, obviously, Luke, you know how I feel about linebackers, but I like Troy Anderson. If he's there at 64, I wouldn't mind it. What do you think?
0: Yeah, you know, I'm partial to a linebacker that I, you know, I'm writing up and I'm a homer, call me a teamer, call me a, you know, whatever I'm in on Chad Muma right now. He's my guy. Uh, I like the cat out of Alabama a lot too, but I like where Tom's head is at because yeah. look, we've got to address this linebacker thing. That's not to say that Baron Browning's a scrub he's going to develop. And I think he's going to develop into a very special player. And he, You got to think about Baron Browning, too, and Jonathan Cooper, right? Teammates of Dwayne Haskins today. So certainly have thoughts and prayers with some Broncos that have Ohio State ties as well. Um, But linebacker, man, it's got to be addressed. I absolutely love it. Chase Wellner coming in here saying, I can't wait for the draft. And Nick, I'm going to be honest. I have mixed feelings, okay? Mm -hmm. because I love Russell Wilson being here, but. I'm not going to love having to wait until a second day. Now, maybe they trade up. That yeah. would be crazy. They're going to have to give up a lot to trade up in the day, night one. Yeah. Uh, but it bums me out just a tad. But then I remember why we don't have that first round draft pick. And I feel all the
1: much better. <laughs> Make that trade every time. Make that trade every time. And Travis coming in saying, sorry, Nick, I can't turn away from the uniform. When Super Bowl is in as much as I love the throwbacks. I have zero sentimentality, uh, in me. You know, like you're moving on from players that are ones who won Super Bowls for you all the time. That's just the nature of it. So I, that's not me. Um, you know, that's not my style. But uh, I feel it. I feel you. Yeah, I mean, the Broncos also lost in their colored uniforms. But th- those kind of things I always feel like only have have as much power as you allow them to have. So uh, you know, mind over matter for uh, the uniform jinx. There, but
0: you're a but. But you're a baseball guy, man. Like, do you not yeah. believe in the like rally cap thing or some of the curse in the like? What was it, Jose Canseco and all those cats wearing the ladies' lingerie or oh, whatever? Yeah. You know, like baseball players are very superstitious, yeah. and I'm wondering where do you fall into any of those superstitions? Because I could go there a little bit when you look at the Broncos' Super Bowl history with
1: their uniforms. It's kind of like uh, the classic throwback here, Space Jam. Um, You, oh, know, you ever yeah. see the first Space Jam? It's oh, like Michael's yeah. secret stuff, but it's really just water. It's, it's the placebo effect. So if uh, you believe in it, then, you know, <laughs> that's fine. But it's not really there. It's, it's, it's been inside you the whole time. You just had to believe. You and look I'm good, believing
0: You play good. I mean, exactly. just like Prime, but Prime too. You know, my man yeah. Prime's out there saying you got to look good. You got to play good. And speaking of looking and playing good, Tom thinks he found himself a corner from auburn um asking about the cornerback from auburn if he drops you must be talking about roger mccreary right cornerback out of auburn decent size i like his size nick i wouldn't consider him undersized because i think 511 190 195 is probably an average size i do like corners that have a lot more length we talk about that a lot on this show um what do you make out of roger mccreary from auburn
1: he is a solid player, and if he was there round three, I wouldn't have an issue with the Broncos swinging on him. But you talked about it, the length. He has historically small arm length uh, for the position. There's been, I think, 726 cornerbacks or defensive backs with their arms measured dating back to 1999 uh, via mockdraftable.com, and has only been one cornerback with shorter arm length than Roger McCurry. He's the zeroth percentile for his arm length, and I don't think there's been an all-pro cornerback with sub 31 inch arm length let alone sub 30 uh like roger mccurry has We're in s- the last go ahead
0: just for grins where's P- do you remember where ps 2s at um th-
1: i don't know if he has a f- official one here just uh, let me look it up real quick because he's
0: out. a he's a big lengthy corner when i start thinking yeah. about it and it makes me curious the thing about mccurry and i would say oh, yeah. this i think it was tom that asked that one um He has got an outstanding football acumen in the sense of he Mm -hmm. recognizes routes. I don't know if it's – he used to be – I don't know his background, to be honest with you. I don't know if he was a former receiver or if he just watches film and prepares. But he's got a – I like his instincts, at least when receivers are breaking on routes, whether it be the the top, the bottom, the release. Um, So I would say he's definitely – He's going to get drafted with that premium draft yeah. pick um, teams like him, but you just reaches a
1: little bit of a concern. What'd you find out about PS2? Um, according to mock draftable, his arm length was, this is all unofficial because it's a pro day number from last year because there was right. not an official combine, but uh, apparently according to mock draftable, he came in at 32 and a half, which is in the, for cornerback is the 85th percentile where again, Roger McCurry, tw- I think it was like 29 and three fifths or 29 and three eights and and he was in the zeroth percentile. There's only been three cornerbacks in the range and two of them are in this draft class. One of them being Marcus Jones, University of Houston, uh, who a lot of people like. I like him as a slot corner too, but his arm length and his shoulder, apparently his shoulder has an issue. Um, That concerns me a bit. And then there was the Boise State guy, Avery Williamson, I believe. Uh, Maybe it's Avery Williams drafted by the Falcons last year. Good special teamer, but historically small arm length. Something that uh, concerns me a bit for that position, especially if you're playing in the slot. Uh, right now teams are starting to play bigger and bigger bodies in the slot position offensively. And because of that, you know, the West Walkers of the world, the Brandon Stokely's, those guys aren't they're getting essentially trucked from the safety bigger oh, link to the hybrid kind of guys. Stoke
0: getting trucked. I love Once. it. That's my guy. I'm gonna tell him be like, man, well, this, be like, those trucked, kind of guys. stoke. No, you're right. It's it, it's it's a different, it's evolution, it's a reactionary evolution, yeah. I feel like, for defense. Because yeah. of the way the slot position's being played. But yep. I would also tell Broncos country this. i get new scheme, new coaches down there at UC Health Training Center. Pastor Tan can play inside also. And yeah. you're going to worry about Tyreek Hill on those go-routes all the time anymore. Um, so maybe you see some mixtures. I think cornerback is something that guys are really talking about and gals for the Broncos right now and how George Payton really values that position. So I like where Tom's head is at because corner, you can't have enough of them as Vic Fangio, believe it or not said that one, one day I think, and coach definitely was right about that.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. And Peter coming in saying KJ is back and there's very few holes left on the squad feeling very positive.
0: Yeah. I mean, with our contract, Nick, with our contract. We said it last weekend. We're like, we pay him five mil Or like the the deal, I think, or two and a half, or if he could come back on the deal he was at, I think is where we ultimately kind of settled. So I'm pumped K-Jack is back too. I think some people are kind of divided right now between K-Jack and Caden Stearns, and I don't really understand it because you're going to need both guys, not just because of injuries, not just because of whatever. I don't know what it's going to look like next year with the league, but um, it's just one of those things where you've got a guy who's getting a little longer in the tooth, but he used to be a former corner. People forget about that, uh, Kareem Jackson in Houston. Um, I was wondering what he was going to look like here as a safety. Well, now you're seeing that. He's already two, three seasons ahead of that switch where the old corner dog tries to go to the free or the strong. I'm really curious to see how he does, but I'm happy he's back. The guys love him. His coaches are already going to start loving him, and k is very influential in that locker room.
1: Yeah, definitely. We got Andrew Baker coming in as well. Uh, what's up, fam? Uh, tending the fire on the grill, listening to y'all bringing the heat. There you are. Ga- gas, propane, what's going on here? Yeah, what you cooking? The- what you yeah, cooking?
0: Just- Nick and I love the, yeah, we love to throw some meat on the grill. Scott, uh, I don't know. Yeah, Scott, do. Scott, are you a griller?
1: He's a vegetarian, but I bet you maybe some portobello mushrooms or some kebabs oh, so, or something so like so that. grilled
0: zucchini. You could grill oh, yeah. all kinds of, uh, grilled asparagus. Have you ever, grilled fruit, pineapple, grilled, fruit. grilled yeah, pineapple, I'm, baby. I'm, I'm in. Uh, into. I love it, Andrew. Get back at us. Let me know what you're cooking because it's starting to be that season. And speaking of cooking, man, do you see Russ Wilson throw out that first pitch? I know you did. I know it's kind of a I did. stupid yep. question, but, man, he had, some, uh, he had some mustard
1: behind that ball, man. It was impressive. Man, what a wild world we're in. Russell Wilson, a Denver Bronco, throwing to Chris Bryant, a Colorado Rocky. If you told me that a year ago, I'd have said, you're full of something. So, all right, let's keep getting into this now. We got the Broncos news as far as the front office and the ownership coming in. First, uh, is Rodney Garcia coming in saying, is Melvin Gordon signed with the Ravens? I knew there was interest there, but I don't know if anything is uh, imminent or actually happening yet. Now, the Broncos, I'd be fine bringing Melvin Gordon back. I know that we kind of have a diametric uh, opinion. Uh, It's a nice way of saying I can't
0: stand Melvin Gordon. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So if they want to bring him back for the similar deal as what Kareem Jackson just got, I'd have no issue with that. Um, But I think he's probably looking for a bigger role elsewhere. And the Broncos probably aren't going to be looking to pay a running back until after we see how the draft plays out. They could take one as early as round three this year. Honest to God, they really could, Uh, but probably going to wait to assess the free agency market for running back until we see what happens in the draft. So if Melvin Gordon can wait, We'll see. If not, that's his prerogative. He'll probably go elsewhere.
0: Yeah, I think what happened, and I'm totally speculating, but I think the Ravens' interest in Melvin Gordon is is real. All those reports mm-hmm. are accurate, and maybe Melvin thought they were going to roll out another big deal. Um, mm-hmm. just, just the shade under of what he got in Denver, and that's just not the case for his position. Um, uh, if he went to Baltimore, I, I would say it might have already happened already, and the reason I say that is because Calais Campbell got extended today. Big and. deal. A a huge deal for an age 34, 35 years old. And he's, you know, our guy. We love, we talk about him for like every weekend on this show. We wanted to try to get him here into Denver where he's from. Um, Good stock. I know his family very well. But it's just one of those things, man, where, Calais Campbell's getting getting paid they're valuing Mm -hmm. that position. They're valuing that man, Melvin Gordon. If you want to value your career and try to make a run at a championship, you got to take less money. So I think that's a really good question from Rodney and we're going to have to see, um, where it's uh, where it goes Tom's coming in here and I love it Tom weighing in uh, again on our rate read saying I'm waiting for my neighbors to cut theirs first uh, that spring spring cleaning spring trimming I got some fertilizer on the lawn too I, n- I need to already cut my back lawn that's how crazy the weather's been here in Colorado so Tom you your ornery I'll give you a shout out and thank you so much for supporting us He's Nick Kendall you can find Nick on Twitter at Nick Kendall MHH yours truly at Luke Patterson LP reach out to Scott at Scout Kennedy also covers the Atlanta Falcons with Nick on, on his own show and his own platform. But then you can also check Nick and Scott out every Monday through Friday on Broncos for breakfast, Nick and Carl on building the Broncos on Tuesday. John's weighing in here. John chance. What's up, man? What's up, Nick and Luke. Hope you guys are having a great Saturday. What running back do you like around four through six for the Broncos?
1: Nick, Ooh yeah, there's a few. I mean, it's so hard to say where running backs are going to go, right? Or any of these positions. Once you get outside, the farther you get from pick number one, the more uncertainty you have. So somebody that we think right now that should be going pick 96 for the Broncos might go all the way in the 150, 180 range. Somebody that we think should be there at 96 could go at pick 40 for all we know. So always uncertainty for that kind of situation. But some names that I like in that range that I'm keeping an eye on, I like Brian Robinson from Alabama. He is a, very sturdy running back, kind of a little bit of a plotter, but I'm more interested in protecting the running back position in the room rather than getting like super specialized skill sets. I'd rather have redundancy. So that way if Javante Williams gets hurt or any running back gets hurt, your offense doesn't have to completely change based on who is healthy or not. Um, So I like Brian uh, Robinson a lot for that kind of role. I also really like, uh, excuse me, a Hassan Haskins from Michigan. He's a name Mm -hmm. to keep an eye on maybe a little bit later. I like Ty Chandler from North Carolina. He had a pretty good career at at Tennessee.
0: I was just going to bring him up. Yeah. Ty Chandler for sure. North Carolina. I, I mean, he's there you go. Pookie. There's your guy. And it's, it seems odd because I think I'll, we naturally want to go to speed demon when you've already got the thumper that is Pookie, but I, you need more thumpers, Nick. I mean, you got to have at least two big running backs that can take that punishment and then mix it up with some of that quick game.
1: Yeah, I think another thing is too. Just this is going to get kind of game theory on right now, but with the way teams are playing two high boxes, uh two high safeties and they're playing lighter and lighter boxes than ever, you need running backs that can punish teams for going that way. And the lightning lighter running backs and the Philip Lindsay's of the world have never had haven't had lower value in probably the history of the league. You want guys who are if you do play light boxes or safeties or defensive backs in there that have to fill and against a run game, you want to punish them. So that way it's it's kind of like talking about the value of the run game for Derrick Henry versus Austin Eckler. Yes, Austin Eckler is a better receiver than Derrick Henry, but overall, and we got Jacob Foster, the silent one coming in with the stars here. Um, Thank you so much, Jacob. Always coming in. We appreciate you. But it's Derrick Henry's effect on the passing game is more, you have to respect him structurally with your defense. You have to buy, teams will buy it on the play action more, and you're going to play more single high safety to create explosive pass plays for you. So I'd rather have, again, redundancy, protect your room. Javante Williams has never been a full-time starter before. Maybe he's not ready for that kind of role. I mean, we don't know, right. We're, we're forging forward into the unknown as far as Javante Williams, getting a, being a bell carrier, a bell cow back. Uh, so a bigger running back, a little bit more body weight on them. A couple of other names I want to keep in mind for the Broncos in that range, guys who are 210 ish pounds, you know, bigger, not, giant but bigger uh Jerome ford from cincinnati 511 220 and also pierre strong jr uh south dakota state tested phenomenally he's 511 about 210 so some bigger running backs there that interest me i'm not as interested in like the tyler uh, baits of the world kyron williams i mean i guess if you're talking around six or seven maybe but i'm looking for a little bit more pass protection and juice uh as far as the the body size i want some bangers
0: quay holmes out of etsu i'm looking at his profile right now Six two, two twenty-five. that's odd when you see a running back that i mean that tall well that just yeah. kind of you know i'm not saying i want him or anything i'd have to look him up a little bit etsu i want to say what eastern tennessee state probably perhaps but travis travis is here to keep us on point and make sure that we uh promise we keep our promises rather right we're saying oh a billionaire is going to square off for the broncos that's exactly what the reports are and travis want to know what we think of those reports in broncos country in case you missed it you could head on over to milehighhuddle.com where our guy keith cummings released it and released it released an article six hours ago and the report is walmart air rob walton to bid on broncos ownership what do we know nick we know a 3.75 Billion-dollar bid is the minimum to get into the conversation. This cat, the reports are saying, is willing to throw down $4 billion with an estimated worth of $70 billion alone. That's B, bravo, not M for Mike and million, billion, $4 billion bid off the get-go. What do you know about this uh,
1: Walmart air, Rob Walton? Yeah, you mentioned it. 70 million net worth and also billion, his billion excuse me, 70 billion. <laughs> God, thank you. <laughs> um, also, his cousin, Ann, is married to Los Angeles Rams owner, Stan Kroenke, and the Kroenke's also own the Avalanche and the Nuggets, I believe. I don't think they own the, I think the Manforts own the Rockies. But yeah, anyway, yep. um, there's definitely connections to Denver. There's connections to the NFL and also the. I know we want, I personally would love more diversity and ownership, especially for the Broncos, if they could step forward with that. But the way things are set up for the Broncos and the, the pack or the, the trust, they're going to have to take the highest bid that would be approved by the league. Probably the Waltons would be approved by the league and Who knows what that means for the Broncos? I mean, Walmart field doesn't really roll off the tongue, but if they have a team that's going to give them amazing facilities and you can pay guys great money up top and you can give bigger bonuses and whatnot, make no mistake. It is a salary cap league, but the richer teams and owner groups are playing above the poorer teams as far as their ability week to week, year to year. So uh, I wouldn't be against it. I don't, I mean, am I a big fan of Walmart? No, I'm not going in there every single week. I mean, they have what they have. People work there, but uh, you know, if it, if as got long got as beef they're not doing- Walmart.
0: you got beef with yeah. Walmart,
1: Nick. <laughs> I don't have any beef with Walmart. Uh, yeah, you yeah. just
0: don't go there. No, I hear what yeah. you're saying. Right? It's kind of yeah. a silly. Like it's hard to have an opinion, right? Because yeah, like yeah. I'll go to Walmart for a few things here and there. Usually, if I'm being honest, I go there mm-hmm. for like toiletries for road trips and stuff like that. Just little things. Just like mm-hmm. I only go to Costco for certain things too. It's been way more than I should wherever I go. But n- no, here's what I'll say. They might not like Walmart Field but they're going to like the Walmart wealth because mm-hmm. if this cat comes in here and this cat has 70 billion to play with that we know about minus the four, right? So you're sitting at 66 billion. He's going to pay Russell Wilson. You don't need yeah. George Payton to True. maybe, you know, these back channel conversations already say, Hey George, whoever the new owner is going to be, maybe it's me. Don't worry about this contract right now. I got it. All right. It's going to it'll come out of my pocket here very, very soon Uh, because, man, this is millionaires versus billionaires. This is a foreign game to me and you and everyone in this normal world. Uh, I don't know how quick this sale is going to go. It seems like you get a bidder or two come out of nowhere and then they sort of fall off for a little bit. But the New York Post, which actually broke this story, suggested that Josh Harris of Apollo, of Apollo Global Management is also ready to throw some weight behind the bid. And he uh, currently has ownership experience with the NBA Philadelphia 76ers. So um, maybe Josh Harris and this Rob Walton guy or get into a bidding war. That makes it very hard for John Elway or Peyton Manning or any of those cats that we're very familiar with to really elevate that game because man, the M versus the B when it comes to money is just absolutely insane.
1: Yeah. It's uh... again, Walmart, any big conglomerate like that is probably going to, especially with uh, the reach that they have, the history that they have is going to have some not great things that have happened. Um I am not a investigative reporter. I've not done my deep dive on Walmart. I'm sure there's a few documentaries out there about it, but again, this is kind of, the deal you're going to make in corporatism and the big, the big bid coming in for Denver. So who knows? Um, but I will be happy if this, as long as they're not over meddling, you know, you don't want to have the rich, but over meddling Um kind of like the, the name that comes to mind. Jerry there Jones. is the uh, Jerry Jones is one, but the Jerry Jones for sure. But who's the Jacksonville owner con? Oh, um, Especially his son, Sean's son being issues and meddling in the general manager stuff. You don't want that. And that's always a concern when you have a huge wealth, uh, wealthy ownership coming into the position here. But as long as they ask their guys around them, how can I and women around them? How can I best empower you? How can I make this team better? And are running it more so about the goals of competing rather than the goals of the bottom line and the paychecks at the end of the day, the money they put in their pocket. I don't have a big issue with it because, again, you are probably going to have somebody like this. I know a lot of people were clamoring for Robert Smith, and he's right now in the midst of a massive uh, tax evasion scandal or has been and paid a bunch of money off of that, too. So, um, Mm. unfortunately, that's going to be uh, it's going to be the reality of probably whoever buys the Broncos.
0: Yeah, it's interesting when you look into this cat and one of the big things, at least my concerns with being an heir. You're an heir, that's not your fault that your family was successful and they have accumulated wealth. That's something that you should be proud of. But I I just wonder how good are you at your job with delegating? How good are you at managing people? Uh, Because your family obviously worked to get to that position, but then he served as the chairman of Walmart from 1992 to 2015. So, you know, I was born around then and so were you. And it's kind of like, wow, okay. So he was able to maintain this company for a long time. So maybe he does have some skills that you know, in addition to the money, I don't know any stupid billionaires. Stupid yeah. money, but these billionaires get money and are in their own elite wealth category. And we're an elite company. Anytime our guy Rodney Garcia pops on wanting to know, uh, wanting to weigh in rather, saying, I hope we beat the Ravens this year as payback from last season. Remember, Pookie carrying Humphrey an additional 10 yards. Also, Caden Stearns with two sacks on Lamar Jackson, and that was the famous Ravens game where Vic Fangio threw his temper tantrum, and the Ravens got that rushing title. I I forget what the actual stat was, and Fangio blew up. I mean, the viral one video, and he cared more about his defense getting that stat. Um, kind of beat on him that he even took to Harbaugh on the on the mic in a press conference if we all remember so yeah I think we all um, at least for me man I got no love for the Ravens at all especially Melvin Gordon's there you kidding me you know he's fumbling the ball baby let's do it
1: oh man and Zebulon nail on the head here as far as the Walton stuff for me as long as they care about winning I don't care who it is they all suck I get bitter talking about billionaires yeah I uh I don't really research into that stuff sometimes, which I I understand makes me come from a place of privilege because it's not affecting me, um, like my job, my work, et cetera, et cetera. So I probably should care more about that and do more research. But uh, again, that's just that's kind of how I feel about, in general, a lot of the billionaires. So we don't need to get too political on this if that's if that's the route that's going on right now. I saw that uh, Elon Musk just bought like 10% of Twitter, too. What's going on? I think we live in a simulation, maybe. Who knows? Um, but uh, let's get back to it here. Walton buying the Broncos, maybe. We'll see. That's, a, I guess, the latest bit of information here. At least for me, this this is my final bottom line for that coming to resolution and moving forward. It's going to happen eventually. Let's just have it happen. Um, hopefully, it's going to be somebody good that can invest in the Broncos and power them. But let's put this behind us, and let's get it back to football. Let's get it back to this new era of Russell Wilson, George Payton, new head coach. Take care of that stuff behind them, and get out of the way. That's that. That's as much as I want. Get it over with and get it out of the way.
0: Yeah, well, and the value is just—it makes me wonder how much the value is going up with Russell Wilson being here. You yeah. start talking about, you know, people are getting their Russell Wilson jerseys now, and they're out, and they're out at the Rockies games with Russell. They're at the Nuggets games with Russell and the lovely Sierra, right—the first lady yeah. of Denver, um, Queen C. How about that? Can we her Queen C of Denver of the Mile High City? But no, it's—it's it's just one of those things, man, where it really does up your economy as well with Russell Wilson. You're going to look at all those no-shows. Ticket sales already going to be through the roof, I'm sure. That means concessions. That means business for small bars. That means uh, parking. That means all kinds of jobs that come with these economics. And when the Broncos have immediately become one of the most relevant, popular, and hottest teams in the NFL overnight – there's some money that comes with that, including primetime games as well and bonuses and all kinds of stuff. You just start looking back to the Peyton Manning years, and I hate to have to compare it, but you've got another Super Bowl winning quarterback here. So why the hell not? Um, the economy, I think, sale jersey sales uh people getting able to to make a little bit of money sustain their jobs i'm a big component and a big supporter of supporting small business and i think you can see some of that hopefully recover from uh the last two years with russell wilson and and some of the economics if you will
1: yeah no, it should be great. And man, I'm just, let's pivot it back to football real quick. Let's talk a little bit more Kareem Jackson here, just because this does really kind of round out the Broncos roster up until the draft. But I'm curious how, how do you foresee Kareem Jackson's role playing out this season? And is it something where it's going to be? Cause it's a new defense, right? New scheme, et cetera, et cetera. Is this something where he's going to go in the unquestionable starter day one, or is this more of a camp battle position where Caden Stearns, maybe Jamar Johnson, maybe PJ lock have, have a fighter's chance of taking that from Kareem Jackson and Kareem Jackson becoming more of a versatile chess piece uh, kind of player for the Broncos in this defense.
0: A little bit of both, because I think that competition will be on the back end when Kareem is either having to take vet days or the Broncos have already locked up, locked up playoff spots and that feels bizarre (laughs) to say that here um in 2022 but let's cook baby uh it's just one of those things for me where when i was out at training camp last year i saw vic give kareem so many vet days and I know it's a different coaching group of different coaching styles, but I think out of respect for Kareem and his one-year deal and his 5 million, um, they're probably going to give him a lot of more vet days this summer as well. I do think he's the unchallenged starter just because of him coming back. I think Russ Wilson probably wanted him back as well. You'll probably start hearing some things about that if I were to speculate. And what Russ wants, Russ gets. And mm-hmm. same with Justin Simmons. You got to know that George Payton respects Justin Simmons football acumen as well. He wants to know what he you think of Caden Stearns what do you think of Johnson and I'm sure Justin supports his guys but it took Justin a few years to develop as well and I think that's definitely the case with Caden Stearns and if you start talking about comparisons between Caden Stearns and Justin Simmons yes they're different players but -hmm. where Caden Stearns made a difference last year Justin Simmons it took him a little longer to do it but I think you will see Caden Stearns possibly take
1: over due to injury or some of that uh tread falling off the tire later in the season Yeah, absolutely. And Phil McLaughlin coming in with the support. Thank you so much, Phil. Evening, Nick and Luke and Scott. How about Bezos buying the Broncos? We get prime delivery on and off the field. Ha. MHH for life. (laughs) Yeah, let's just use like little drones to deliver the football. That'd be great. Uh, No, that'd be. I don't know. I mean, again, you're talking you're talking super billionaires now uh, with uh, Bezos coming in. Doesn't seem like he's as interested. Uh, I'm not sure. Didn't they just. This is a rumor in my head totally unverified this I thought I felt like I heard that he was keeping a very close eye on the Washington Commanders with Daniel Snyder because I think they opened up a massive massive facility and headquarters a- around DC area so um mm. maybe not as interested in the Broncos but coming down the tracks later with uh being in DC area uh, with the Washington Commanders
0: Interesting I hadn't heard that but I just That's interesting. I just don't think he wants his hat in the ring right now. If he did, he's someone that that is no stranger to the cameras or the limelight, and I think he would love to tell us about it. Um, You've got you know, Jay-Z still floating out there a little bit. It's just so hard to tell, and we don't know these names. They're not popular names. They should be when they're billionaires, but they just don't resonate with us because we don't know who they are. Just looking up Robert – or excuse me walton a little bit uh sounds like he's a car guy he's got like this awesome automobile collection and why the hell wouldn't you you're a billionaire uh but yeah the walmart made his bones there um maybe has a few children uh doesn't look like i uh, and of course it's just wikipedia right so it's absolutely 100 true but i don't see any like investigations i don't see any like legal crimes or anything like that so um Getting in these NFL circles, Nick, as you know, are, are very, very hard. And yeah. to get 31 owners, or I, I know there's one other financial group out there right now, but it's just really weird to get them to agree on anything, let alone voting in the top bidder. So I don't know what this process is going to look like. Could be quick, could be long.
1: Yeah, and Lawrence Rivera saying he wants Kanye and Antonio Brown as Batman and Robin, and this would be Gotham City. That's, that's more... Uh, I don't know if I'd call Kanye and Antonio Brown, Batman and Robin. That's a little bit more Joker and Riddler going on here with somebody else having to emerge <laughs> as Batman and Robin. I, don't get me wrong. I love Kanye's music. Uh, but man, that is a, those are some interesting dudes uh, that that's putting it lightly. You know, that's uh <laughs> no thanks. No, I don't regret. think I want the chaos and I don't think the NFL would approve that as well.
0: No. And those guys don't have the money, man. If Peyton Manning doesn't have the money, John Elway don't have the money. Those guys don't have the money. It, yeah. It's just, that's what it comes down to. And it's so bizarre to feel like we're talking about millionaires and you think oh just 10 get 10 millionaires in the group and it'll all work out not that easy and yeah. i think you're starting to see that um but russell wilson may, maybe that's what got rob walton's name into the into the game I, we heard nothing about him up until the last 24 48 hours maybe you start seeing more billionaires would work because They've got all kinds of toys to play with in Denver. That stuff is established now. And you've got Jerry Judy still under a rookie contract. You've got the receivers locked down in Sutton and Patrick. You're going to have to figure out the offensive line. But who the hell cares if you've got billionaires? Maybe you pay a little bit more on the tax. Figure out salary cap numbers. That's what George Payton is just doing a great job at anyway. So get unlimited resources. And that's what I – yes, I said it. Unlimited resources with like a billionaire owner. That's the way
1: to go, man. Yeah, no, definitely. <sighs> Again, it just it's kind of all of that makes me feel a little bit gross sometimes, but that's the devil you dance with sometimes for this kind of situation. Travis Weber coming in. Some Broncos news here, about personnel-wise. What do you yeah. think about the Broncos working out, tight end, Kyle Rudolph? Kyle Rudolph's bouncing around the league a bit, obviously, was a mainstay there with the Minnesota Vikings for a number of years, coming out of uh, Notre Dame and is a veteran a player no doubt but maybe somebody that this Broncos team would be interested in to provide some veteran leadership to this room and stabilize the tight end position we know that i think it was Nathaniel Hackett mentioned that using Alberto Coeben on the season maybe is going to be a little bit more of a hybrid wide receiver tight end role detached from the line of scrimmage making me wonder if they fully believe in Alberto on being the capable level of blocker that they're going to need to utilize out of 11 personnel and uh who they bring in Eric Tomlinson, a really good blocker, but more of a extension of the offensive line type of player. So Kyle Rudolph, I know he doesn't really stress defenses vertically. He's not going to be a threat after the catch, but he's a good blocker. He's a solid red zone player. And if he can just be a solid player in that regard and be a dump off weapon for Russell Wilson, who doesn't really even target tight ends over the middle of the field that much anyways, uh, I think that'd be an interesting and fine sign. And it would really raise the floor of your tight end position and make it so you wouldn't have to take one in the first five picks of the draft. Uh, that really just makes it if, and if Trey McBride's there at 64 and you love him, great. If not great, you're okay.
0: Yeah. I think that's, that's a fair point. Um, for me, I'm curious about Rudolph if I'll be honest, but he's a little long in the tooth but Mm -hmm. old tight ends can play. Talk to Gronk. Uh, He's a freak of nature, but you see Jimmy Graham is out there. He hasn't said he wants, wanted to retire. Uh, I know Eric Ebron's 28, but it feels like he's been in the league forever. I think with the Colts and the Steelers, but for me, a guy that I I would really want back if I'm going to be honest and, and be fine without Rudolph is Eric Saubert. I liked Eric Mm -hmm. Saubert. I'm not saying he's the greatest thing ever. And he's going to turn into The next Pro Bowl tight ends But he's a dog on the special teams He was getting number one number two Reps on the days that Noah Fant and Alberto Couldn't go Um, He's just a dog and I think Russell Wilson would really really like that Um, I don't know that he commands a lot of money if we're being honest he's kind of bounced around a little bit but uh, i think he brings a special teams presence that you need as well but to your point the broncos cannot just go out there leaning on alberto uh they've got to supplement the tight end position some way there's troy fumigali that's kind of run its course austin fort that's kind of run its course uh tyler croft is a name that i would scratch my head at i guess jared cook kind of that kyle rudolph um long in the tooth player if you will but yeah it'll be interesting to see i mean what what if russ says get me rob gronkowski you know we're all kind of thinking he's going to go back and play
1: for tampa but um that would be crazy too no it definitely would i i mean if Gronk comes here that'd be awesome i don't know if he wants to leave uh tampa or wants to come to denver to make the move although i do think his family loves the colorado area from what i've read so never say never i guess i would be i would be very interested in him i guess the one that kind of got away in the contract wise that I would have been interested in. OJ Howard got like, what was it a one year, $3 million deal, one year, $4 million deal. That one would have been great uh, in hindsight. Uh, but again, I'm not fretting over the tight end position. As long as that person is not getting destroyed as a blocker and is enough of a threat as a blocker, that teams can't just treat your 11 personnel. Like you're playing 10 personnel. That's yep. a win for me. Cause you're going to have to figure out ways to make teams play cover three, play cover one, put more guys in the box and not play those deep cover two defenses because Russell Wilson wants to attack the field vertically. You want those explosive pass plays. And if you're not really getting it done with the quick pass game to bring those guys in, it needs to be more of the run game. So it's really that, that ebb and flow and that strategy of how can you dictate the defense to, to play disadvantage, disadvantageous situations. So, so then you can create those explosive plays with Russell Wilson. That's what it's going to be about. I'm fascinated to see how it all looks this season. And to break that down once there is actual tape of, Uh, The Broncos and Russell Wilson running that offense.
0: What's weird to say is I think Russell Wilson is going to have to learn to check it down a little bit because Mm -hmm. teams are going to be planning for that deep threat. How do you plan Mm -hmm. for the Broncos wide receiver core? I mean, you got to kind of drop everybody back. And if you're in super close games and it's a shootout, I'm down to see that shootout, first of all. I mean, Mahomes v. Wilson. Herbert V. Wilson, I mean, Derek V. Wilson, whoop-de-doo. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just one of those things, man, where it's like, all right, I'm down. But at a certain point, you know, Russell Wilson is a smart enough guy, and he wants to keep his career long that he will take a safer option. And I'm hoping to see what he can use with the tight end position as he progresses in his career. He said he wants to play another 10 years. How are you going to do that? The first thing you do is you take care of your body, right? I think it's estimated that he pays upwards to $1 million a year in just taking care of his body whether that be through nutrition uh muscular skeletal services therapy all kinds of stuff the guy is fully invested just like our friend michael Ranquillo is completely invested in showing us love support all the way from arizona saying good evening broncos go broncos go broncos country and i know michael's super excited um to get this this thing going man i mean we're just weeks away and we're, this roster is really going to take shape nick and we're going to have some holes plugged we're not going to have everything figured out but the broncos are gearing up for a super bowl run and I, I see articles come out all the time they're logical from our publications other publications it might take more than a year yes that's true but tom brady proved that it could also happen the next year too i know i know the goat the goat but that's effort matt stafford, matt stafford Russ, I mean, come on, Russell Wilson with this team. Why not us?
1: Yeah, why not us? I am fascinated to see how it all looks. Like I said, but this Broncos team, they're as good as they're going to be probably the next few seasons. This is not a perfect team, but the Broncos winning it in 2015, they were not a perfect team. That offensive line was put together by Scotch Tape at that point, and the weapons were kind of falling apart. And then there's Peyton Manning, too, uh, and the Broncos defense got it done. Uh, so you never know if you get in the playoffs. Anything and, can happen.
0: And my guy, TJ Boss Ward. I saw him at CSU's Pro Day. I was a little confused. I wasn't quite sure why he was there. And I'm not gonna ever ask TJ Ward why he's anywhere, first of all. I mean, yeah. but it's just kind of cool to see him. But and something else that's kind of odd, right? Michael Schofield is still playing in the league for the Chargers. Mm-hmm. He's a starting right tackle. And it's just like wow, I never thought that he would have lasted this long uh in the NFL. But Jay, our our friend Jay Kozad is weighing in saying Kareem Jackson probably plays a limited role. He's definitely lost a couple steps, but having a veteran presence on a young team is good.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it raises the floor of the room. I think that's the biggest thing. Right mm-hmm. now, you were going into the season with massive unknowns and Caden Stearns and Jamar Johnson and P.J. Locke, and those guys look good in limited action, especially Caden Stearns when it's mattered. P.J. Locke, I thought, looked really good in preseason, but now you have K.J. Jackson in there, and if one of those young guys goes up and takes the starting spot from him, Awesome. God bless. That's what you want. Honestly, as much as we all love cream Jackson, and his mentality, best thing for this team would be one of those young guys stepping forward and literally taking the spot from cream Jackson, making him be more of a rotational player, because then you have two, three years of control against those cost uh, young cost controlled guys. But let's say those guys, one of them is not getting the offense as well, or the tackling's an issue, or you have injuries. You have cream Jackson, there, known quantity, even though he is starting to regress a little bit. His, uh, the passing statistics for him last year went, uh, went the wrong way a little bit as far as like passer rating and targets when he was the guy. Part of that is also because the cornerback room got a lot better. So the ball's got to go somewhere. We're not throwing at Sertain and Darby. We're going to hit the safeties instead, but still he's at that point of his career where I think his play will start to regress, but you bring some tenacity, you bring some leadership, you bring some versatility, you bring some hitting, you bring tackling, you bring instincts, all of that needed on this defense for one. That's going to hopefully be very, very, very defensive back heavy this season. And Kareem Jackson, just again, raises the floor solidifies the room. If you want to go into the draft and you love a safety that falls to you there, God bless. If not, you're fine. You you could honestly not mm-hmm. touch the defensive back room again, going into the whole draft. You're going to be okay.
0: Yeah. I just don't need K Jack out there laying anybody out for the Broncos. And yeah, I'm serious about that. Like we yeah. joke about the whole AJ Bouye thing a little bit, but that was scary, man. Yeah. And like this guy, he, he lays the wood and that's something that I absolutely love about him. But I felt like he played reckless at times last year. Not only did he play out of position, which drove me crazy, but when you're playing reckless in addition to out of position and kind of cowboying, hot dog and whatever you want to do, and I know he's not doing it for selfish reasons, right? He's doing it to try to help the team. He's doing it to try to cover some flaws. Well, when you leave your area to try Cover other flaws that leaves another guy, sometimes Justin Simmons back there hanging. One thing that you never see Kareem Jackson, Justin Simmons, any of the DBs do, anyone on the defense do no one blames each other on that defense right now. And they've got a new coach, a young coach coming in. It's a very cohesive unit. I think Justin Simmons has a lot to do with the K signing. Phil McLaughlin coming in asking a good question. Hey guys, what's up with Melvin Gordon being looked at by the Baltimore Ravens? That was reported uh within the last 24-48 hours and uh, i think if a deal was supposed to get done it would have gotten done maybe uh melvin gordon is being looked at by multiple teams and there's a little bit of a bidding war or a little bit of posturing not sure but when calais campbell's getting a massive contract at 34 35 years old in the defensive line that tells me that they don't value the running back position in terms of dollars
1: yeah no Rightfully so. Uh, Mike Boone is probably going to be okay. as that running back too. They'll probably be yeah. bringing somebody to compete with him still uh, just again, because I think this team instead Tell of me. using the short pass game to help create explosives later, it's probably going to have to be a lot through the run game. So you're going to need a little bit, uh, probably another option to compete with Boone there and to solidify the room. But again, if Melvin Gordon, if you're still, it's after the draft and you didn't take a running back that you like, and he's still there and he wants to come in for the same exact deal as cream Jackson. I'd be fine with that, and Javante Williams is going to have a monster season. I hope so. Uh, he's definitely in line to have a monster season, and they're going to depend on him because we keep talking about it. How are you going to make teams respect the box? It's by running the ball with Javante Williams, but it's about uh, protecting the room, protecting the offense, getting another option in there. Even if I'm excited about Mike Boone, but I wouldn't even hate another uh, cost-controlled guy coming in there. Lawrence Rivera coming in, saying Judy needs to have a good year this year and be kept happy. <laughs> he's an extremely emotional player, and if we don't do him right. He won't sign with us again, especially for the contracts Peyton's throwing out. I think if uh, if Jerry Mm. has a good year, but is unhappy, the Broncos are going to ship him out.
0: Larry, my guy, Lawrence is Chan. Lawrence is no longer Lawrence, man. He's like turning into Larry legend because I like it, man. First of all, he's spitting truth. Judy is an emotional cat. I would say people I think would take that with negative connotation, but. Nick, I would describe myself as an emotional cat. Um, I'm very passionate for better for worse about a number of things. But uh, one thing, the Twitter thing, man, we're just tired of it. Broncos country's tired of the, the the Twitter thing. Broncos country, you're gonna see a better Jerry Judy because you have Russell Wilson. But I like where Larry's head's at here saying, look, man, why would Jerry Judy want to take a team friendly deal, especially if the Broncos do go to the promised land? Maybe he's looking for Tyreek Hill type money. I mean, you got to have Tyreek Hill type production and we're not anywhere close, but Mm -hmm. you're on a rookie contract. Nick, you talk about it all the time. Rookie contracts are so important. That's Mm -hmm. the known. That might be one of the most significant things in the NFL draft. You know where rookies, their numbers are at, and that's very, very important.
1: But, yeah, no, we saw what the market is right now, and it sounds like a lot of teams are shipping their great young, or at least shopping their great young wide receivers. I mean, there's talk about Terry McLaurin, A.J. Brown, Debo Samuel. So if Jerry Judy has a great year and he's still complaining and becoming somewhat of a problem, I really think the Broncos would shop him and maybe that's how you're getting your 2023 capital next year. Broncos right now, I think only have four picks in 2023. Jerry Judy has a good year, but a little bit of a malcontent and you're like, you know what? We can pivot elsewhere. We just saw the chiefs do it with Tyree kill. If the chiefs can do it with Tyree kill, Broncos can do it with Jerry Judy too. So definitely well, don't close that door. I like it. And what if, I mean, we're
0: still dealing in the, what if scenarios teams like the rookie deal, just like mm-hmm. the Broncos. If the Broncos want to move up, what if teams are asking about Jerry, <laughs> you know, like, is yeah. it like I'm not saying George Payton is out there actively shopping, but yeah. I think it's fair and within reason to say if you're another team that the Broncos are trying to do business with, I know who your core players are. So I'm asking how committed are you to the young one you took a couple years ago? Because yeah. maybe maybe I have a quarterback in a good situation that I need another receiver and maybe that gets me over the hump. So not saying George Payton would trade Jerry Judy, but When George Payton wants deals done, when he sees something he wants, he goes and he gets it. And that is extremely evident with what he did in
1: the draft and what he did with Russell Wilson. And it also seems like with George Payton, he doesn't have much loyalty or care for the previous regime's picks. So if Jerry Judy is and that's uh, good, has, has, yeah, that's good. That's fine. I have no issue with it. It's a business I get it at the end of the day. And Judy's going to get paid and get targets and make money in the NFL regardless. Um, you know, he's going to be a fine player, but I do think it's possible. I don't think it's going to happen this year because I think you're selling low on him. Um, but, uh, that's something to consider as well. Um, and I had a, we have Greg Smith coming in saying, I'm going crazy over here. Spent almost an hour trying to send stars. Oh man. Greg, it's okay. You can, sorry. Is, no,
0: yeah, no, sorry about that, Greg, man. Sometimes technology is is, is a pain and we appreciate the support and mm-hmm. we were supposed to do it on this show. We're going to do it on next show. Maybe next yeah. Saturday. We got a special show coming up next Saturday. We'll tease yeah, it a little bit call. later, later in the week, um, but we'll give out a giveaway. We want to give out some, some gear, maybe a hat, maybe a shirt and uh, make sure that we're taking care of our fellers and gals as well. Lonnie Alexander coming in saying, did you know that Matt Paradis is available at the center position? Lonnie, not only did I know but I wrote about it as one of the five potential Broncos that could return to Denver, and I don't think it's going to happen. Now, it's a possibility. Anything is possible, but, man, those hips for Matt Paradis absolutely kill me. They've already got a banged-up Graham Glasgow. I'm curious to see what Lloyd Cushenberry looks like. Really curious to see what they do, if anything, at the center position. I think if you do see George Payton draft an offensive guard, it's going to be another one of those offensive guard-slash-center things They do not want Quentin Miner's playing center. That is clear. They want him playing right guard. I absolutely love it. What does that mean for Natani Moody? Sit tight. Um, You're going to need these players. Talk about a camp battle. There's a camp battle for you right there. And I can't wait to see the pit. But what do you you make of it, man? (laughs)
1: I think that if the Broncos are not happy with Cushionberry and the draft comes and go and they don't bring in the center, then it's a possibility. But I'm looking at Matt Paradis's uh, data here over the years and specifically his grades um, from Pro Football Focus. And every single year, they've gotten precipitously worse uh, in the league. Started off in Denver 2015, 75.7. Great year in 2016, 90.2. Then goes 74.9. Last year in Denver, 81.4. Carolina, 63.4, 63.4, 66.9. His hips are an issue. I know he had the ACL and back injury as well. He's also, while he's a good fit for the outside zone scheme, Broncos are going to run a hybrid. I mean, teams have to do a lot of different things with their run defenses. You can't be a purely outside zone every time in today's NFL. Every single team does a grab bag of a different run schemes. And the other thing with Paradis is that he's not versatile. Uh, He's purely a center. And I think if you're bringing in somebody like that, who's not guaranteed to be a starter, especially with how his play has been of, of late, you need versatility. You need to play multiple positions. And Paradis doesn't bring that at all. So I'm more interested in bringing in a center in the draft. They've already brought in three for visits in Cole Strange, Dylan Park. I guess I should say the school. Cole Strange, Chattanooga, Dylan Parham, Memphis, and Cam Jorgens, Nebraska. I'd also like to see them maybe bring in Zach Tom from Wake Forest, who has played all five spots across the line and tested like a freak. Um, and I've, nobody's talking about him right now. I really like him as well. I think they'd rather, they're they going to go that route before they go Matt Paradis.
0: What about Alec Lindstrom? Out of out of BC, I think, right? I mean, I think he's yeah. got I- interesting technique and potential. Um, sometimes I think he could get a little sloppy with his footwork, but yeah. um, I get a little curious about those draft things as well. And the visits are interesting because last year with George Payton and everything that was going on in the year that was 2021, he couldn't have those visits, right? So yeah. one thing I thought was interesting from Payton was he talked so much about Pastor Tan was staying away from him because he didn't want teams to think he was interested. So sometimes I'm I'm speculating and still trying to, we're all trying to figure George out, right? Is he looking at a position here to try to throw people off there and all those silly little games that you've got to play, but they matter. And uh, Colby call Collier coming in with some support appreciate you so much colby thank you for joining mhi where we are rocking every saturday night 6 p.m mountain time he's nick kendall i'm luke patterson scott on the ones and twos guys feel free to reach out to us on twitter at Nick Kendall MHH, at Luke Patterson LP, and at Scout Kennedy. Get at The Mothership, at Mile High Huddle, and that's milehighhuddle.com, where you can find our non-subscription-based articles, our pods, wherever you get them, Spotify, iTunes. Let us know how we're doing. Really appreciate all our users on our, our stream watch watchers i'm gonna butcher that viewers our audience yeah our viewers our viewers our community our mhh superstars uh watching us on not only youtube but on facebook as well
1: yeah thank you guys so much lawrence rivera real quick which player has been doing the most off-season charity work i know that justin simmons is always in the community doing stuff so i i'm not out there in denver witnessing it but uh that just seems like the easy call out uh, broncos nominee for walter payton man of the year uh very charitable very You know, driven by community endeavors and uh, I guess what's the word I'm looking for here? Just volunteerism. So probably Justin Simmons.
0: Yeah. And Dalton Reisner gives him a run for the money too. Um yeah. Dalton. Here's the thing about Dalton and Justin. That's so cool. And you're seeing it with Russell too, right? L- Russell Wilson. He hasn't even had an official Broncos uniform on. We've seen some yeah. practice hoodie thing or whatever he's got out there in San Diego, but the man hasn't even wore a uniform and he's made history with the Rockies, the nuggets um, children's hospital. These Broncos are not only expected to do these things, based on the Pat Boland standard, but uh, they love to do these things and they try to do them quietly. They don't do them for the lights. They don't do them for the cameras. They do them because these guys have good hearts. And yeah. I think that's something you're going to see Russell Wilson um, mold some younger players with in terms of this is important to take care of our city. This is our city. This is our fan base. And you saw that with the Seattle Seahawks. And it's one of the reasons why they miss him so much, man. He's,
1: he's a quirky guy, but he's a good dude. And I think he has a good heart. Yeah, Luke, I think you're a good guy and have a good heart too quirky as well definitely quirky. but i uh, know appreciate you guys go so Hawks. much we're gonna wrap it up go yeah, go hawkeyes um but uh <laughs> we're gonna get on out of here i hope you guys have a great rest of your saturday uh make sure you're following us like luke said make sure you're dropping a like subscribe and share on the way out the door if you have any questions for us hit us up on itunes as well you can get us there if you leave a five-star rating and have a comment on there or a question for us we'll we're gonna circle back around at some point here soon to go through those and get to those so thank you guys so much again have a great rest of your weekend choose kindness choose compassion